Alrighty, hello, hello, and welcome back to the 8 to 5 Club Podcast. I am your host, Jared Gear, and alongside me today are Silent Command's two out of the four brand ambassadors here. I have my good old friend, Bella, and my good old friend, Miguel, who are both drum majors at their designated high schools. And today we are going to be talking about how leaders, drum majors, section leaders of any organization, help set the culture for their organization. I kind of just <laughs> reset everything that I wanted to say, but I'm going to give them the floor. Bella, we're going to start with you. Give them a little bit info, insight about yourself. Hey guys, I'm Bella Williams. I'm a junior at Van Cleef High School, which is this tiny town on the coast of Mississippi that you definitely have not heard of. Um, I'm head drum major. I, yeah, I'm head drum major for my junior and senior year. Before I was drum major, I was on drum line where I was drum captain, which was low-key kind of cool. And also my main instrument is bassoon. That's a fun fact about me. Okay. So, well, real quick, let's backtrack. What year were you when you were a drum captain? Uh, I've been drum captain since my freshman year. Drum captain since the freshman year of high school. Mm -hmm. So you came from middle school and immediately got into how did that even happen okay backing up so as i said bassoon is my main instrument so i was going into high school band uh everybody everyone in my family is drummers like literally my parents quite literally met on drumline kind of funny but um so i had two of my brothers who were on drumline i was going to be a freshman they were going to be seniors and so over quarantine because like between my eighth and ninth uh, grade year was like covid and stuff so I was like, you know what? Like, I don't want to be in front ensemble. Like, I want to be on drumline. I want to be one of those kids. So I went to my brother, Zach, and I was like, hey, dog, do you want to, like, teach me how to drum? He said, Bella, it's not that simple. And I was like, no, like, trust me, I'll learn. So, like, uh, really unprepared of me, uh, one week before drumline auditions, I started to learn how to drum. And so I sent in my video to our percussion instructor. And the next day, they were like, okay these people made drumline and also Zach and Bella are co-drum captains. So me and my brother were co-drum captains my freshman year, which was super fun. What? You and your brother yeah. and your freshman. That is wow. And thankfully you had your brother there to kind of help, you know, mold you into the phenomenal performer, but then you left drumline and then now you're bassoon. So that's, that's interesting. That is, I mean, you have a, I mean, Bella's famous in Mississippi. I ain't going sugarcoat it for y'all. No, Everybody not. knows Bella Williams over there trying. She's probably the only bassoon player in the state of Mississippi. So that's, that is, that is great. Puddling period. You don't have to say enough. That's good. Thank Thanks. You. Off to Miguel. Miguel, give yourself a nice little introduction. Hey, y'all. Uh, my name is Miguel. I go to North Cobb High School in Kennesaw, Georgia. It's kind of like metropolitan Atlanta. Uh, this past year, I served as a junior drum major of a drum major team of four, and I'll be returning this season as well to be a drum major. Beyond drum majoring, I play saxophone in my high school wind symphony, as well as a few other ensembles. And um, yeah, I mean, my drum major story isn't super like, I mean, I hadn't been in leadership before I had done my drum major audition. I was just really interested, me and my friend, we had watched actually a lot of silent command videos a lot of sam crawford head cams it was like every single day going into ap world it was like always what's the new video that you found why why did sam do this cue why do you think he did this like why does he switch into like cut time instead of you know whatever so we would just always work on trying to improve our conducting 
and try to improve just like what our audition process would be. So I'm excited. He he is also auditioning for a drum major this for this upcoming season. So I'm really hoping we can conduct alongside each other. Yes, for that senior year, that little good old mm. senior tribute. As you guys know, that your your high school careers are are almost done, and then here comes life in the world that <laughs> that is bittersweet, good, and you'll learn a ton. So that is awesome. And then, as you guys know, I did some I did some random core. It was just some some little gig, probably DCA or something. Um. So today we are going to be talking about how culture, how leaders within said organizations kind of set the culture for the entire season. So I wanted to talk a little bit about, um, you know, what have you guys, you both had one year of drum majoring experience already. What are some things that you both experienced as leaders of your programs? So for me, I guess like from day one, season band camp because we start in may you could see immediately where the culture was brewing from the top so when other people especially drum majors take initiative for like very simple stuff like picking up trash before rehearsal or like being inside of the band directors being like how can i help versus just like hiding or just hanging out with friends the whole time like i think what i emphasized and what my drum major team emphasized was balancing between having fun and having that relaxing time, but also recognizing when it's time to turn that switch. So, and I think that's really important for a drum major team in general to have that on and off switch of like, this is time where we get to rest, we get to be ourselves, relax, whatnot. And this is a time where like, we gotta go, you know? And I think that balance is really important. So early on, I took initiative, my drum major team took initiative to just do those little things, be a little extra of like, yeah, I'll pick up this little piece of trash. Yeah, I'll leave a little later, even though like, it's 8.30 and I want to go home, you know, I think a lot of drum majors can relate to that. So that's at least at the basic level how it started out in my preseason. Yeah, no, definitely. Like, I agree with what Miguel said about drum majors are what build the culture of the band. So pretty much what I've learned, because starting off my first year as drum major, I made a lot of mistakes and I learned so much from it. So one of the big things that I learned is that you have to paint a positive picture. Like people will follow a vision and not usually orders, if that makes sense. Like you can go out, pick up trash, like Miguel said. Like if you see someone picking up trash, you're gonna wanna pick up trash, even if it's like a person higher up. And I feel like that also like coincides with like our marching show in a way, I'll tie that together, I swear. So like, let's say last year we got like fifth place at, I don't know what, BOA or something, right? So. I'm not gonna go to my band and be like, okay guys, if we don't get first this year, like there's gonna be a problem. Like, no, I'm not gonna do that. Like, I'm gonna be like, we made fifth this year. You know what? I think we can strive for maybe third place. You know, like I think we have potential and I, I want us to flip the switch like Miguel said and put our time and effort in because you know, like you only get out of it what you put into it. Like whether that's your energy, your time or like your emotional, availability like you always get back what you put into drum majoring and leadership that's awesome yeah so what as you guys have been experience experiencing you know kind of growing up a little bit earlier than your peers right you guys have to that at least from an educator's standpoint the perfect blueprint for drum majors slash section leaders within the organization showing up 
maybe even an hour or maybe 30 minutes before everybody else and then vice versa, leaving maybe an hour or 30 minutes after everybody else leaves, uh, making sure that the, the staff wants to be able to trust the drum major slash section leaders to start rehearsal on time because, you know, they might be in the office having a meeting with the staff member or let alone a parent about something or you know, for the musical responsibility, let's say you're conducting, right? And then all of a sudden the tuba section comes in early. What kind of recovery methods can we trust you guys in order to help the band get back on its feet? What are some challenges that you have faced that you are willing to openly express for other people that are within your age that are in the same position as you are? Yeah, for me, one thing that I struggled with, especially, was just overthinking about a lot of things. As drum majors, you have to be prepared for so many situations, and you have to be like, when the director needs something, like, you're the person. Like, you're the first person that they turn to. So it's really easy to get into that mindset of like, I have to make everything really good. I can't make mistakes. I have to be like, you know, drum major rather than just like normal person. So it's easy to get into that mindset. And I think I got into that mindset throughout the season. There were times at the end of rehearsals where I would give like my own heartfelt announcements, things that I wanted to say directly to the band. But there were times where before I would make the announcement, I would think like, oh, how's my delivery going to be? What if this doesn't impact people? What if the, you know, and I get so in my head and I kind of build this like brick wall in front of me where I'm thinking about so much about what I'm going to do rather than just doing what I need to do. So what I try to develop throughout the season is just like, just go for it mentality. Like my band director, but both of the, my band directors, they had said, they told me you can't change or you can't affect whatever reaction you gain from your audience. So to not worry about that and to recognize like all you can do is just say what you mean from the heart and just be sincere with whatever you have to say. So rather than go up there and just think about like really heavy what I was going to say, I just went ahead and said it. And a lot of the times when I went ahead and didn't even think about it, that felt a lot more sincere, that felt a lot more passionate and from the heart than when I overthought it. I just thought too much about it. So that was my big struggle. Coming from a different perspective, you know, in drum corps of any sort, the culture was already developed for years, right? For someone who's never been drum major in high school or in college, like I'm going in and I have to adjust to what they do, right? I'm the outsider coming in. So I can't walk in and come with my standards of leadership and be like, all right, Blue Devils, you need to do this. They're going to look at me like I'm crazy. <laughs> then I will not have as much uh, respect as, as people may assume, right? What are some things that your schools do culture-wise that, that, you, that you like, that you um, think really benefit the your program's culture morale so i have some stuff that my school does so this goes all the way back to band camp so first about a week before band camp we always do like a leadership camp so like all the leadership can get together like drum majors everybody and we just talk about like what we want like what our vision is like all together so we can all be on the same page if that makes sense and that was the main thing we did at our leadership camp. And another thing we did is we planned out dress up days for like every day of band camp. And so it was always fun. 
we plan out dress up days for every day of the week and at the end of the day like whoever we thought had the best like outfit of the day we'd always like give them prizes or something and then they got to like announce the people the next day and it was really fun like doing like simple stuff like that as a group it just I feel like it made us all like closer and not really like oh we're in a band like we just play our instruments and call it a day like it made it made more of like a personal connection with everybody and I feel like that's very important that you have personal connections with everybody in band is that a little bit hard though I think a lot of the the things that that my kids kind of struggle with is they're just like, I don't know what to say. And I'm afraid to say the wrong thing. What are some things that you do to help set the culture of having those genuine personal conversation, especially, you know, in a drum major role when you have 10 billion other things to take care of? It seems really scary to go out of your way and to talk to people. Like I used to be scared of it, but if you know me now, uh, it's really hard to get me to stop talking, like genuinely. So Jared's laughing at me, guys. He's on mute, but he's laughing at me. Um, <laughs> so one of one thing that I usually do, and I actually learned this from Colin at our uh, July uh, summer symposium for Silent Command. And so the, one of the things that I remembered him saying is go out of your way to talk to people. Like it doesn't even mean like have like a full conversation. Like oh tell me about your sister's dog's cousin or something like that. Like, no, like go up to them and be like, hey, like, I hope you, you're having a good day or like, just go up, say good morning to people. And just like, one thing that I learned is if you like address people by their name rather than just saying like, good morning. Like if I'm like, good morning, Miguel, like I feel like that's more of a personal connection. And that's like a little simple, like psychological thing that makes you feel closer to somebody. So that's one thing I did, just like going up and initiating conversation or just like telling people good morning or asking them about their day, like simple things like that. Even going beyond that, like, or kind of same chord, just like, I, I, there's this one phrase that I hear often, this one saying, and it's like something kind of like an acknowledgement and a smile goes a long way, which I really, really agree with, which just like, you know, a lot of the times, even as a drum major, my junior year, I was still kind of in that shy, like underclassman mindset. And there were many times where like, I would see our band parents or I'd see people like staff and, and I kind of hi to them, but I didn't want to like initiate because I was still a little shy. I was still a little nervous. But those moments where I could just like ditch all that and be like, all right, today, Saturday rehearsal, let's just go for it. Lunch, I'm saying hi to everybody. I'm giving high fives. Those were so fulfilling. And like, admittedly, a lot of the time, you know, that can't happen every day. You know, sometimes it's hard to find that energy every single day to be able to like be out there and be outgoing as a drum major. But those days where I could, I tried my best to. Um, I think if you if you want to know a little story, I mean, obviously, in regards to my process going into drum court, right, the imposter syndrome hit. Okay, hit hard. Um, so I get contracted, right? Get contracted later than Dina and Emily. So I get contracted and then I'm like, okay, like not necessarily, I got to get these people to like me. I just have to get these people to get to know me. It wasn't necessarily like me feeling like I need to know this person's grandma's name, dog's name, significant other's name, why they hate math, all that other stuff. So what I did, some strategies that may be helpful for you guys or anybody that's listening is I remember, I was like, you know what? I don't really feel comfortable 
like just going up to someone and making conversation. But what I can do is I had Uno cards and I just made an announcement and I said, all right, who finna lose an Uno today? Oh, you ain't gonna beat me, Jared. Oh, you ain't gonna beat me. And I said, I guarantee you, I lost every game, but we shared a laugh, right? So then now throughout the season, the same people that I didn't get to know, but thankfully due to Uno, you know, they came up to me and respected me as, you know, someone to be able to assist them throughout their, throughout our tour journey, right? Or I would go up to someone and I'd be like, I know that there's like an app that has like, um, it's called Huji and it's like a vintage camera app, whatever, right? So then I'll go up to them. I'll be like, do you have a permission to take your picture so that I can add this to my little photo album? And so what I did was I did this. I sent them the picture, followed them on Instagram. And then I had that interpersonal conversation. Like, oh my God, girl, you look so good. Like, you know, I love that. I love the way your hair looking that you slay the day. And then me having that interaction is what helped blossom the beautiful relationships that I did. So you don't necessarily have to always, because I feel like sometimes, and I'm not saying that you guys do this, but I feel like sometimes we all have that one drum major, maybe even on our team, that does things artificially and oversaturated. If you, if everybody sees that you're just saying hi to someone just to check it off your list, then you're not going to get the respect that you deserve, right? And then it's not, it's not coming from a genuine place. So I think if you make it a goal and you set the intentionality and appear that you want it to be genuine, playing Uno, adding photos to your photo album, planning dress up days and getting giving compliments for who dressed like what, then you help set the culture, at least within yourself, that Jared, Bella, Miguel are trustworthy leaders that can help, you know, make this make make the experience better for certain individuals. And that's, I think, the blueprint of it all is that you, the, the the culture comes with the experience, right? So the, the pro, there's programs out there that don't have that. I mean, Bella, not to call out Bella, but I mean, you can detest, you know, there's some schools even in Mississippi that that are just now getting into this, this culture of, oh my God, band is fun and band can be fun. So what are, what are some things that you've noticed at other schools um, that kind of, that kind of, how do I even put this? That, well, no, I'm gonna be transparent. That kind of need a cultural reset. One thing, I go to a lot of, well, I don't go to a lot of different schools. I visit a couple of different schools. Like I've been to pretty much every school on the coast because I like help certain schools with their indoors and stuff. So I get to like a little in, like outside looking in perspective to their band programs. And one thing that I know, like Diabreville, for example, where Colin Winslow teaches his indoor winds. Like, I remember whenever I first got there, I was like, oh, this is a cute little band. Like, there's there's potential there, you know what I mean? And so at first I was low-key kind of judgy. I was like, they just aren't good. Like, they're just not a good band. They're not a good school. Like, why am I gonna like waste my time here? But then I got to like talking to Colin about it and I heard about like certain problems that they had there with like band directors and stuff, not to at anybody, but just from the outside looking in, like learning that 
a band program starts from the top, like band directors, drum majors, like leadership, like they're the ones that build the culture and seeing that they don't like, if there's somebody in that like role of leadership whatsoever, where that's like people who are the field crew or people who are the band directors, like if they don't actually want to be there for band and they don't love music and what they're doing and what like the culture they're, they're building, then it's just not going to be good and it won't be a good band program and it won't be a good season. And if like you don't have a good season, why are you going to want to come back? Why are you going to want to stay in band? You know what I mean? Like it really like it really messes with your emotions seeing that some people just don't have that good culture and that they don't they're not able to reach the potential they can because of who their leaders are. Then with Miguel, you know, you you come from an area where Cobb County is a is a very at least in the band scene, you know, somewhat every, a lot of Cobb County high schools, which there are a lot, <laughs> there are a ton, uh, kind of follow the same sort of structure, right? You have rehearsal, you guys compete at the same competitions, you're doing all this other stuff. Uh, what has it been like for you, kind of observing? said cultures at other schools because you're you're involved in a lot of different ensembles and a lot of those kids come from a variety of different schools what do they describe their school culture to you as to me at least from my observations it starts from the directors the directors in cobb county at least the ones that i've are all incredible people i take a lot of pride in the band directors here at north cobb because i appreciate their willingness to look beyond just product of what you see in somebody a lot of you kind of the actions of what people do or just kind of see them on you know even in like school in academics in general somebody will a teacher will see like a kid with his head down or like on his phone whatever and they'll immediately resort to judgment rather than looking and peering further into how they are as a person or why is that person you know, sleeping today, they were sleeping yesterday, you know, why are they on their phone? Why are they distracted? What I appreciate from the band directors at Cobb County is that they actually care about their students and they care about what my band director calls what makes them tick. So finding those moments where like, this is how they react in this situation. This is what makes them light up. This is what makes them, you know, feel whatever, attaching those different emotions. Um, so in terms of the actual culture, a lot of people in band, especially marching band throughout the world, uh, the word family. And so it's kind of a loose term of just, you know, a brotherhood of, of people that care for one another. But that's the thing, like, it's hard to explain. But at the end of those competitions, at the end of those football games, when you feel that pride with other people, when you recognize that you've created something larger than yourself, that's what means so much. And so the culture surrounds itself around that, around creating something larger than yourself, larger than life, as my band director says. So I guess it's the culture centers around finding a goal that you're reaching and living through and experiencing and enjoying fulfilling all of those moments within it and cherishing those moments as well. So rather than just focus on just like on just the goal, like, oh, we need to, you know, win this competition or whatever. It goes beyond that. There's so many interpersonal things of like, let's build this bond together. 
let's cry together, let's laugh together. And all those moments in between matter so much more than just like the basic marching band, let's go win, you know? Yeah, definitely. And I mean, for both Mississippi and in Georgia, the culture amongst all states is different. I can guarantee you Texas is way different than Georgia and in California and in Utah and in South Dakota. And let's not even talk about band in New York because it's non-existent. Just kidding. Um, so that is, I mean, and I think, yeah. So what are some 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 stories that you guys have experienced that kind of made you feel like you belonged within your program? So every other year, our band we go to Disney or Universal, right? So honestly, whenever I got to sixth grade and I had the decision to join band. That was the main reason I joined band, TBH. Kind of like not a good reason, but I was like, you know what? I almost said a bad word. Oh, shoot. Sorry. But you know what? <laughs> I love Disney. Let's just say that. So I was looking forward to this stupid Disney trip for years. Like, I don't know how many years, but I was looking forward to it. So like every year in band, I tell people, I'd be like, guys, this is going to be our group for band. Or like, not band, Disney. This is going to be our Disney group. So I, I was always so excited. So my sophomore year we didn't go to disney we went to universal right i was so mad about that i can't i can't express how mad i was about it so i told my friend i was like i don't even want to go like this isn't fun like i don't want to go to universal like that's so dumb and so she was like bella you can't just not go and i was like why she was like because like you make band enjoyable for everybody like we want you to be there and whenever they told me that low-key I started crying I was like it was just simple stuff like that like telling like people tell me that they cared about me because I don't know like I'm a really much a words of affirmation person like I have to have people tell me that I'm good at something to fully believe like I'm good at something or that I'm wanted there you know and so like just to have people around me that like even if that's like not really related to band like it's still like band family like just have people tell me that they want me there and that they love me like that really changed my whole perspective of the people in band with me. Like that year, like after I went to Universal, I made some of like the best friends of my entire life. Like my friend Haley, who's my co-drum major this year, like she is my best friend, literal sister of mine. And just for people to have like tell me that kind of stuff, it really just put into perspective like the relationships you get to make in band. The common theme I see that people appreciate is just acknowledgement. Being seen and being recognized as a person rather than just like a pawn of you know the chessboard or just like just a piece of the marching band puzzle. For me, when I was in middle school, um, and, and keep in mind like my journey into band, I literally, so okay, not my proudest moment, but I joined band just cause I didn't wanna do e my second semester of sixth grade. So, cause I had health the first, and I really didn't like health and I had health the second semester too so I was like okay and I saw I had PE and so I literally the next day I saw my schedule I went to the band director's office I was like hey I know you don't know anything about me but can I play an instrument please and they looked at each other side eye actually the biggest side eye and they looked at me they were like what do you want to play I was like uh trumpet and they were like no we have too many trumpets I was like clarinet they're like, no, we have too many clarinets. I was like, I literally didn't know any other band instruments. So I was like, uh, the saxophone. And they're like, 
they looked at each other, looked back, looked at me. They're like, okay, sure, we can put you on saxophone. So I, like, my whole journey into band was so, like, it wasn't like I had this constant passion all the time. I just developed my skills just because I was in the band class, and I thought it was, like, interesting. And so going into, it was like a eighth grade night event where we get to meet, like, the North Cobb marching band, and I, I was in middle school. And I had met the drum majors at that time, and up to then, you know, I, I enjoyed music and I enjoyed saxophone. I wasn't too sure about marching band, though. I was still shy. I was so antisocial. And I was like, them five-hour long practices? Mm-mm. Like, not for me. You know, those 12-hour? Mm-mm-mm. So, and that's a whole different story of how I got dragged into marching band. But the point stands. I had met one of the drum majors at that time. Her name was Lillian. And she was just so sweet. I, I, I was a shy little eighth grader. She recognized that. And again, what I appreciate looking further into people delving deeper into who they are. She'd ask me questions about myself, what I enjoy about band, like, and she gave me that space. Like she, she didn't ask a whole bunch of pressing questions or try to get like crazy and like excited with me or anything. She recognized like, I was just a shy little boy. And I appreciated that, you know? And so, you know, she asked me, she said, oh, what's your name? And I was like, oh, Miguel, you know, re still really nervous, whatever. So. The next semester comes, this is like March, April time. This is around the time that they start signing like commitment forms. So they have like commitment meetings and whatnot. And so I go to one of them and at the end they have like a whole Q and A, whatever. I go up to Lillian and I'm just like, uh, uh, hey, and before I can even say anything, she's like, Miguel, oh my gosh, so nice to see you. And I was like, oh my God, you remembered my name. Like I just, to this day, like that, that is probably the moment that solidified like this, this is what I want to do, you know? And just by remembering my name, it wasn't like, you know, anything beyond that. I just like, I really did appreciate that. And still to this day, like she, we have like an alumni night where people who graduated from North Cobb kind of come and like the drum majors, they'll like conduct certain quarters, whatever. She comes every year. I'm still nervous. I still don't be talking to her. I feel so bad. Like if she's listening, I'm so sorry. But like, cause in my mind, I'm still like, I'm the eighth grader that you acknowledged, you know, like that, that's how it feels, you know? So that was just one moment of many that I just, I felt genuinely cared, cared for and genuinely recognize acknowledgement is so important, especially for younger kids. Yeah, and it's just the little things, you know, just the tiny little things that you never know, you know, that can help inspire, even for my mentors. Like some of them were just like, I did that? And I was like, yeah, and now look, look at the success that has uh, come into our lives here. So what is some advice that you may have for people that are in your shoes, right? You have some people that a lot of the times the drum majors are the band directors, essentially, that are given all the tasks to do, that are, you know, that have a lot on their plate, that are going to AP classes and maybe even have a job just like the two of you. What are some tips or what are some ideas that you may have that may make their job a little bit easier in regarding to defining or reestablishing a said culture within their program. Yeah, so I'm a really big person on mental health and making sure like my mental health is good and everybody around me is good. So I have a couple of tips for that. First of all, like I really believe that you need to take care of your physical health because your physical health has a big, 
like reflection on your mental health like one thing I like to do is like I like to go for jogs a lot and like not even jogs like you don't have to run like sometimes if I'm not feeling it I'll just go for a walk outside like get some fresh air like just have that physical activity get my blood flowing and some other things I like to do I love to journal like I like you see my journal right here like I take notes like there is no tomorrow and like I like to write about my day or on the drum major side, I like to write about how I think rehearsal went, what I want to do differently. And I feel like writing stuff down and like getting it out of my mind, like it really calms me and makes me not like stress about what is yet to come or what is going to happen. So yeah, journaling and physical health are my two big main things for that. Something that I would advise, not even just high school drum major teams, but drum major teams in general, this stretches to DCI as well, is to cherish your time with your drum major team. Being a drum major means that you're gonna be vulnerable. That I mean, this is a job where the four of you or however many of you, you guys go through stressful situations. There's times where everybody cracks at some point and it doesn't get better when school starts. Like, it, it really don't, you know? AP classes, jobs, all of it, it's no joke, you know? So, and you're in that position where you have no choice but to be vulnerable. I was kind of scared of that as a junior drum major because historically I've just been kind of like reserved, kept to myself. I haven't really wanted to stretch beyond that. And so to think that I had these three people, these three other people who I generally kind of knew as like, you know, friends to get so close that I had to like share these stories or share like, hey, I'm going through something right now. You know, I may not be, uh, as energetic today as normal. Please bear with me. Please be patient with me. That mattered a lot. And so what I would advise is to find some time, some time throughout the season, if it's just once, if it's a weekly thing, if it's a, you know, whatever the case, to find some time, to spend some time with your drum major team that's completely non-music related. You may have whatever drum major meetings, whatever things relating to the rehearsal, that and and that stuff is good you know you obviously want to improve your efficiency as a drum major team you want to figure out what you can do that's best for the band but beyond that health is important too and recognizing people as people is important too it's not just like hand wavers the whole time you know it's people that are happen to be hand wavers so i would advise you know whatever go to a coffee shop you know my drum major team we like didn't get a whole lot of opportunities to kind of go out with each other. It's just, I mean, we really did. We were so busy all the time. It's like one date would work, but it actually wouldn't because like this person's picking up a shift. Life just, life just kind of happens. So, but whatever you can do to spend that time with your drum major team, because there's only so many competitions. There's only so many football games. And before you know it, like you're at your last rehearsal. And you start to realize like, this is the last time I'm conducting this show with these fantastic people. So cherish every single moment. Just recognize like you only have so much time. I agree. And I mean, kind of to piggyback off of that, I hope that people that are in drum corps, I mean, don't downplay Miguel because he's in high school when I'm gonna be the first one to say, I think drum corps individuals essentially need that regardless of how far they live in the world it can be as simple as i know that dci hasn't started yet but other than discussing music do you guys do zoom calls and have a dci movie night or whatever or do you guys have zoom calls just getting to know each other i feel like if 
if the drum major team doesn't have a good or respectful relationship, your culture the entire season isn't set. Your drum major team has beef. Your section leaders have beef. Your culture, either within that section or within that entire ensemble, is not going to be as strong as it needs to be. Not Again, I don't think that we have to be friends, but Miguel, I want to commend you for recognizing people for being human beings rather than what they can do. So again, if your if your leadership, your leadership team sets the culture. If you want it to be businessy, then that's what the entire core is going to see, and that's what they're going to resemble. If you want it to be a little bit more interpersonal, you know, I, I think as a section, I remember back when I was a section leader in high school, because that was the only thing that I <laughs> that I was. I remember I did low brass, like we did the low brass sleepover. We did, we did uh maybe like a low brass movie night. I, I remember at the time, I think it was like some new Marvel movie came out when I was a senior. So we all went and watched it together. Um, but there's different things that you can do in order to just have a healthy culture, as well as, you know, it's not just work, 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 priding your time, like on free days over tour, I strictly did not want to talk drum corps. I was actually like that one person that was like, uh, uh nope. Unless, unless obviously I'm still on drum major mode because I'm in a different city and I got to make sure a hundred and something people are safe. But if it was like music or if it was like the group chat was going off about this new, I muted it because I wanted to take time for my mental health because if you're doing all that 300 or not 365, but it darn near felt like it, then you, you're not understanding the value that comes with you know, the gig. So I, I I commend you both for, you know, speaking to not only people within your own age bracket, but people of drum corps, as, as someone who's done it, needs to understand that as well. Now, there's some people that may be listening, that's going to go in one ear and out the other, but then they're going to see. But other than that, um, yeah, thank you both so much for providing such young youthful insight again this is a, another episode brought to you by silent command here on the eight to five club podcast i am your host alongside me again are bella and miguel who are both drum majors at their designated high schools and i mean if you need anything they're brand ambassadors so you'll be able to see some more content of them moving forward but until then do you both have any concluding messages that you want the people to know no, I mean, that's basically it for me, but thank you for having me, Jared. Yes, Jared. Thank you for having me too, Jared. I miss you so much and you're the light of my life and you make me so happy and you're my reason for living. I'm going to cry if I don't see you soon. Actually, I'm crying now because I miss you so much and I love you. You are my king. <laughs> if y'all don't know, Bella is a clown. So um, <laughs> we thank her for her advice. But until then, we will see you next week on a brand new episode here from the 8 to 5 Club podcast.